Being an expert on general automotive knowledge, what would the correct ignition timing be on a 1955 Bel Air Chevrolet with a 327 cubic inch engine and a four barrel carburetor? It is a trick question. Watch this. Because Chevy didn't make a 327 in 55. The 327 didn't come out till 62. And it wasn't offered in the Bel Air with a four barrel carb till 64. However, in 1964, the correct ignition timing will be four degrees before top dead center. Get ready for another hour of Drive Radio, brought to you by Colorado Select Auto Care Centers. Got a question for the experts? Then give them a call, 303-477-5600. Now it's time to pop the hood and get our hands dirty. Drive Radio on KLZ 560 The Source. And it is Drive Radio, KLZ 560, and if you, uh, you want to know where we're at, we're at 32nd and Harlan, Sons of Italy Car Show. If you're over in this neck of the woods, stop by and say hi. If you're not, directions to get here, I-70 to either Wadsworth or Sheridan. Head south if you're coming off of I-70 in that, in that way. You can also get here by going 6th Avenue to Wadsworth or Sheridan and head north. Go to 32nd, depending upon whether you're on the Wadsworth side or the Sheridan side. We are east of Wadsworth, west of Sheridan on 32nd. You can't miss it. And, again, if you've got any kind of a phone apparatus that has mapping on it, just uh, plug in Sons of Italy Wheat Ridge, and it will take you right here. It's that simple. My Uncle Bill Rush with me today, Jeff Kitty as well, uh, producer Ann with us today as well. So we appreciate her joining us. And come by, say hi. And, again, uh, you can call us, 303-477-5600. Question of the day, the worst car myth. Mike, what's going on today, sir? Hey, John. Uh, call as usual. And, uh, unfortunately, I'm, I'm not able to get out there today. But uh, what fun. I can imagine the Italian uh, uh, literary that's out there. So, The food is always great, by the way. Yeah. yeah no, I, I get it. Uh, Love, love many of those brands. Uh, the the question of the day is: I'm spending today getting ready for winter with with a lot of the vehicles that I have that that I don't okay. drive very much in winter because of of the nature of the vehicle. Um, and um, I'm so I'm doing the you know antifree all that stuff. I'm is it does it. I like to move the fluids around on on the vehicles in the winter, and, and, and by what I'm saying is I like to drive them, if I can, every couple of weeks or a month, at least, you know, around the block once or twice, weather permitting, uh, just to keep the, the tranny and the diff fluids moving, and of course, the engine fluids, obviously. Does it hurt sure. me to put seafoam in, um, in any, in which I've used before, store them for a long time but but even if i'm going to drive them once a month does the seafoam hurt uh, i can't imagine it does to just put it in um anyway in the in the oil boxes we're talking about or in the fuel in the fuel uh use the bg supercharge i found that to actually work better than some of the other products on the market yeah uh, i've had i mean just i'll give you a testimonial so my old 68 buick gs that my uncle knows uh, I had not driven that car all of last summer. I did take it out this this particular spring, so uh, it was early in the summer, if you would, where I actually had that car out, actually midsummer, I want to say. And so it had been literally a full almost 18 months plus that I had driven that car. It was treated with seafoam when I put it away, full tank of fuel. 
I did not do a single thing to the vehicle other than jump start it because the battery was fairly down sitting that long. Even with the battery tender on it, it was it was fairly down. So, you know, got it fired up. And that vehicle, Mike, did not miss a lick. I did not do anything to the fuel system whatsoever other than drive it. And I put fresh fuel in it when I put it away with more supercharged that I added back into it. And that's all I did. Nothing else was needed, which tells you that if you use that supercharge, the fuel will last a very long time. Excellent. Thank you, John. And a 68 Buick GS, what a magnificent, underrated piece of it. <laughs> it is. And mine only has, and my uncle knows this, uh, that car came from my great aunt. We sold the car new as a dealer, and the car has 51,000 original miles. Oh, my gosh. One of the most underrated uh, supercars of all time was, was yes. the GS. Uh, uh, they had a Ram Air or almost a Ram Air package. What am I thinking of? Yeah, my, but the 69s did. My 68 does not, but my 68 still will run at Bandemir's uh, 14.4, 14.5 at our elevation with just stock tires. Unbelievable. Like I say, one of the more underrated supercars yes. ever built. Nobody yes. thought Buick ever built anything fast. No. Nope. It, it was. It was actually faster than even a lot of the Chevelles and, and oh, yeah. you know, a lot of the other cars that were of that same era. You're right, Mike. That car was just as fast. But, you know, back to your original question. The other thing I would tell you is, uh, and that car is a great example, there is no need. If stored, you know, and this is if you're storing a car in a, you know, in a climate-controlled area. Now, if you're keeping a car outside and or it's in a storage facility where there's a big temperature swing, this does not apply. I think in that case, what Mike's saying, yes, you would want to get the car out periodically, drive it, get some things circulating and so on. But if you're in a climate-controlled, heated environment, Mike, that car doesn't even need to come off the rack all winter long or or, or be started, for that matter. Okay, well, yeah, no, that's, that's good. I... I, uh, you know, I have a few few that do exactly that because of the nature of the vehicle. So, appreciate yep. it, John. Always. You're great. very welcome. Thank you for the advice. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate it very much. And yes, folks, that is a, a great testimony. I know Dan was going to give a testimonial on how great BG products were as well a moment ago, but I'll just tell you that the, the product works. Every product they have is solid. It's backed up by a very long term. Warranty. And if you go on the website, it's bgprod.com or just to go to drive-radio.com. We link right to it from our website. But if you look at the warranty and what BG has going on, uh, the reality is I, I don't think there's any better product on the market for what they do. And that testimonial I just gave on my very own car is a very factual, actual uh, testimonial, and, and I, I may be off in my 18 months, Bill. It might have been close to two years as far as how long I, I had that car sitting on the rack. I think I think it has been longer than that. It's two years at least, two yeah. years. And that tells you how well that BG Supercharge works in that fuel. That's so good stuff. It really does good work. Product. And, and, uh, and again, I'm, I'm fortunate to have mine, you know, in a, in a climate-controlled area where I don't have any issues as far as, you know, large temperature swings and things along those lines. But, yeah, for a lot of you that are getting ready for winter that are even taking your, you know, your hot rod or those types of, of cars. The other nice thing about BG, by the way, is is it's not like some of the other fuel additives to where they cannot be driven once that fuel additive is put in. This is a fuel additive that mixes yeah. in with the fuel it, it just keeps it from varnishing, uh, keeps the volatility up in it. It also has some cleaning products when it does run through the injection system or the carburation system as well. It's just great, solid product, and you can get that in any one of our local Napa stores. And the way I've, the way I've, uh, well, I get a lot of questions. How much do I add? 
you know, what do I need to do? It will tell you on the bottle how to mix that and what to do. But typically, you know, a six ounce bottle, they sell, they sell a small, they sell a six and a 12 ounce. A six ounce bottle will treat, you know, 15 to 20 gallons typically. If you need more than that, then of course you need to up the dosage. But I don't know that you can overdose with supercharge. I would just make sure I have enough in that to keep everything nice and stable and running through winter. But as far as the boxes go, Jeff, I mean, you and I both have seen the insides of, I mean, I'll be honest with you folks. I've seen engines that have been, you know, the valve covers and everything are on it, the intake's on it and such, but they've sat outside for years and years and years and years and years. Yep. And you break that engine down, and you will still have oil film all through the inside of the engine, inside the heads, inside the valve guides even. There will be, there will be oil in all of those areas, you know, because oil doesn't really wash away unless you've got some sort of a degreaser or, or soap or hot water, or something. something along those lines to get that oil off the metal. Otherwise, that oil will stay on that metal for quite some time, especially when it's not exposed to any type of outside moisture, temperature changes, things along those lines. Well, and the reason on the other deal is just the temperature swing is going to create condensation. That's exactly right. So, all right, we're going to come right back. Don't go anywhere, folks. Uh, again, we are live Sons of Italy Car Show in Wheat Ridge. Bill and Cheyenne, hang tight. We'll come right back to you. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Your vehicle's air conditioner should not put out a musty, mildew-like smell. Cabin filter contaminants can cause allergies and compromise airflow volume. Now is the time to take advantage of Geno's Auto Services Cabin Filter Special. For $189, Geno's will replace your cabin filter, clean the evaporator box, and restore efficiency and clean air in your vehicle. Geno's BG Evaporator Cleaning injects foam into your vehicle's evaporator box, which removes mold, pollen, mildew, dust, and bacteria. Since 1983, the team at Geno's has been serving customers all along the front range. To make your life simpler, Geno's offers loaner vehicles so you can drop your car off and pick up when ready. They're AAA-approved, winner of the Napa Gold Certified Auto Award, and located at Bowles and Platte Canyon in Littleton. Check out their excellent Google reviews. Stop in or visit them online at genosautoservice.com. That's Geno's with a J. Your next oil change could change the life of your vehicle forever. If you think that's a tall order, maybe you've been getting the wrong oil change. A BG Performance Oil Change BG. comes with a lifetime of engine and fuel system coverage. And something else, peace of mind. Where do you find it? Find a shop in your neighborhood at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. Because an oil change that offers a lifetime of peace of mind is a change worth making. BG. Some skills you only develop through practice. In October of this year, Kevin Flesh of Flesh and Beck Law celebrates 25 years defending both civil and criminal cases. He has earned the tagline, trial tested, trial ready. In civil cases, such as personal injury, your attorney has the burden of proof to persuade a jury that you deserve a certain sum of money in return for your pain and suffering. However, because only a small percentage of personal injury cases go to trial, most personal injury attorneys do not spend much time in the courtroom over the course of their careers. Kevin Flesh stands apart from the rest because he represents both criminal and civil cases. After an estimated couple hundred jury trials, Kevin has learned how a jury reacts to evidence. He knows how to gauge how much money a jury will likely award in your case. Trial tested, trial ready for 25 years. Kevin Flesh of Flesh and Beck Law. Call now for a free consultation. 303-806-8886. 
Napa know-how. A Napa guy knows that by the foot, there's no better ride than an old station wagon. Room for six people facing forward, two people facing backward, and a whole lot of luggage, lumber, and bicycles haphazardly strapped to the roof. If you can parallel park that beast, you can park anything. And with some quality parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep your land ship running longer, stronger. It's not obsolete. It's a rare treasure. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. All right, we are back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560 at the Sons of Italy Car Show in Wheat Ridge, 32nd and Harlan. And, again, if you're in this area, stop by. They've got great food, cars, fun. It's it's all here, folks. One-stop shopping, if you would. So Beautiful day to do it. And, and it's not – I should have specified this earlier, too. Just because it's the Sons of Italy Car Show, it's not all Italian cars. There are every make, model, year, vintage truck car you name it it's all here modern stuff old stuff you name it it it's all in between and it's not all just the the italian uh brands of cars so bill is up next bill welcome how are you sir yes thank you for taking my call uh, thank you automatic transmission fluid what top end height do you want it to get to before you know it's going to damage the fluid and you know probably need to put in a you know a bigger secondary cooler on a truck uh, well, the, some of the newer fluids are a little bit, they handle heat a little bit better. More forgiving. More forgiving. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, rule of thumb was about two and a quarter. You start losing, yeah. losing, uh, the ad package in there. And if you're running up around, uh, 190, 195 on a regular basis, you need to really look at getting that fluid changed out about once a year. Especially when you're towing. It's just right, it's I mean, cheap, cheap insurance. Oh, okay, okay. So, uh, and what so truck is it, Bill? What do you, what do you, and I don't remember. What do you drive? Oh, it's, it's a Chevy. What year? Oh, 2015. Uh, and a, is it a diesel or a gas? It's a gas. Are you towing a lot with it? No, no. I'm just curious more, you know, so that if it, you know, the gauge will tell you what it's running just so that, right. you know, one will know that if you are doing something. That well, and, and the reason I asked is, is it, to, to Jeff's point, and, and there's a lot of documentation out on this now, despite what the factory will tell you, even the GM side. If you're doing heavy towing, even with an Allison, you need an annual oil change on the, you know, an annual transmission service is what it should be saying properly on those trucks. And this, by the way, I think applies to Ram, it applies to Chevy, it applies to Ford, doesn't make any difference. If you're doing a, he a lot of heavy towing throughout the summer, you need to be doing an annual change period. If you're pushing snow, if you're doing things along those lines, same situation as well. On the lighter trucks like you're talking uh, I would probably be doing a service every 40 to 50,000 miles regardless, just knowing that transmission and some of the issues it could have. And by the way, those of you listening, Bill's a 2015. If you get into some of the 2019, 2020 models, there are folks out there saying that work on these transmissions on a regular basis. You need to be changing oil every single you know, 15 to 20,000 miles, regardless of what the factory says on those late model, especially 10-speed transmissions. Yep. Okay, interesting. Can I ask okay. you another quick question? Of course, of course. Yes. This is uh, great, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. Another, uh, a 96 uh, uh, Dodge Dakota. 
such that for a couple of years that it wouldn't start. Ended up not being much of a problem. But uh, when I after I got it running, I you know stomped down on the clutch to put it in gear, and the whole thing tore itself apart. Uh, you know, and the fluid came out of the clutch and everything. What would have been stuck? I mean, obviously the pressure plate or something. No. What year was that? It's a 96. 96 okay. Dodge. Okay. You had yeah, you lost a, the... got a V8 in it. The, that you lost the fluid out of the master cylinder? Or right, the slave cylinder? Right, the whole thing. Right, but, but when you press down, it, you know, before you could quit pressing, it was going click, 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 click. You know, like something... Oh, that's because the... Uh, I thought those had a pedal adjustments, probably what was clicking. I don't remember. Uh, Going yes old. and no, but if you lost all the fluid, chances are it was a slave cylinder or master cylinder went bad. Right. Well, I understand I mean, that, they, but I mean, but when you tried to push it down, you know, you heard this violent clicking. I think it's right. more than just the, you know, the cylinder down below. I can't think uh, of anything that would have done that other than. Other than maybe a bushing under the dash or something like that. I, I, I can't okay. think of anything in that system that would make that clicking. I thought, and I'm looking it up, well, I thought yeah. some of those had a ratcheting clutch assembly underneath that automatically adjusted slack in the clutch, but don't quote me on that. Some of those did. I don't remember if that one did or not. With, with it having hydraulics, it probably doesn't, but I don't know where else the click would come from. Yeah, I can't think of anything that would cause a click. And it's very rarely... I, and I got to be careful how I say this. It's very rarely that the pressure plate makes that slave yeah. cylinder go bad. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. It's just more age and time. And the other thing you got to remember is most of those components are plastic, so they don't wear quite as well as the old uh, metal units did. There's a lot yeah. more expansion and contraction in those. So you don't think there's anything inside the transmission that would have torn up mm, i mean this was not violent that. clicking you know this one i'm looking at the pedal i mean i'm looking at the pedal i'm looking at the pedal assembly i've got a picture of it pulled up the only thing that would potentially be clicking is there is some electronic internals on that slave cylinder prior to the cylinder itself that are all attached to the cylinder and there's some plastic pieces and so on if some of that was brittle, damaged, whatever, you could be getting some clicking out of that, maybe. But that's about the only thing there, Bill. There's nothing else there. Yeah. Well, no, yeah. no. This click was like metal. You know what I mean? Metal hitty. Yeah, that you would know, be coming it, from the pedal assembly of, then. Where, where did it sound sound like it was coming from? Where the transmission is. Well, uh, if it, down if below. It, if it didn't get released all the way, I guess you could get maybe a little bit of noise out of the throb bearing, maybe whatever but you know i i know when i was doing clutches on those things you put a new clutch in one and people would kill it going out of the parking lot because it was so light as far as the feel of it compared to what they had before and uh, i mean i it just you don't notice how how much pedal effort you're getting on an old clutch they just deteriorate yeah. Okay. Well, the thing is, I'd like to get the truck. I'd like to get the truck running because it. Uh, 
some little truck will get like 24 sure. miles a gallon on the gas. Yeah. Other yeah. Anything like it. So, okay, well, I'll look into it. But thank you very much. No, you're very welcome, Bill. I appreciate that. And, yeah, I, I don't. I can't think of anything mechanically underneath there that would be causing that. It's been a long time since I've had one of those apart. Possibility that maybe a bushing or something like that that was given away. But if that's the case, you got more problems. And I don't know that you know. that sitting for two years would cause that. Those mechanical pieces were there yeah. doing nothing during exactly. that time. The hydraulics, I could see some issues happening with the hydraulics having it sit, but. Outside yeah. of that, no, I can't think of anything at all on on that. So, anyways, 303-477-5600 is our number. We're at the Sons of Italy Car Show. And, again, just because it's a Italian uh, event, it's not all Italian cars that are here. There's literally every car from every walk of life here, uh, new, old. Some are, are original, back to their era. Some have been completely redone and modified. It just literally depends on what you're looking for and it's all here and i would encourage you to stop by the question of the day by the way the worst car myths out there we've had some folks call in and chime in on this as well uh, i'm going to add one really quick before we take our next break and again lines are open 303-477-5600 and this one goes back in time kind of because of the cars that are here today and my uncle will appreciate this back in the day they always told us that as the leaded gas went away unleaded gas would come along you would have to redo the head you'd have to put hardened seats in all these things to make sure that the heads you know would stay good and the valves would stay good and all of that with the non-leaded fuel not true not true none of that happened nope the the unleaded fuel had no effect on that whatsoever and a lot of guys back in the day would would tell you that you had to put hardened seats in it and you'd have to cut them out and do this and do that and the reality is, over all the years I've worked on vehicles, yeah. I've never once ever seen that been an it become an issue. I don't think it is an issue. The, the lead in the fuel uh, was to help lubricate and, uh, and detonation and, and yeah, and remove detonation. detonation. But that's that's exactly what it was for. But the additives they put back in to replace that, um, yeah, there's no issue. There's never that. an issue. No, no, I mean, no. I've been running unleaded fuel in a lot of those quote unquote pre. Yeah unleaded engines yeah and and i remember back in the day even we just you you you'd have other issues in the engine that needed dealt with like bad valve guides or rings or things along those lines that you had to deal with long before you ever had to worry about the seats being pounded out from unleaded fuel that's exactly that's all i'm saying so all right guys we're gonna take a quick break lines are open 303-477-5600 what is your favorite car or worst car myth let us know what that is. Again, 303-477-5600. You can text us as well, 307-200-8222, 307-200-8222. Again, my Uncle Bill's with me today, Jeff Kitty, and uh, Dave from RoofMax hanging around with us as well, and producer Ann. We'll come right back, though. Don't go anywhere. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Hello, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with Ken's and Leslie Distributing, your local BG Products distributor. Back again this week with your BG Tech Tip. With school carpool season upon us, we wanted to share some tips from the Car Care Council to make sure that your vehicles are kid-safe and road-ready. First, check your lights and wipers for visibility. With the shorter days and less daylight, it's critical to ensure proper visibility. Second, get your annual brake inspection. Every year, you need to ensure that you're checking brake system components for wear and especially the brake fluid. Third, 
Check your tires for underinflation or excessive wear. Fourth, make sure that everybody in the seat is buckled up. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration website has some important tips on seatbelt fit and positioning, as well as how to install car seats for kids of all sizes. And fifth, consider a backup detection device. Consider having a backup detection device installed that provides rear view video or warning sounds when moving in reverse. Back to school time is a hectic time for most families, but scheduling a complete vehicle inspection is time well spent. Thanks again, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with BG. We'll talk to you again next week. I heard about Novus Glass on John Rush's Rush to Reason radio show, and I know that John would not go with a company that he did not believe was a great company to work with. And so with him backing Novus Autoglass, we felt confident that that was a good company. When I called them, I was looking for mobile service out to Albert County, and they were very accommodating. My insurance company initially told me that they were not a preferred provider with our insurance company. And they went above and beyond with doing a three-way call with my insurance company and got everything squared away to replace three windshields for us without any money out of our pocket except for our deductible. I can't think of another windshield replacement company that we've ever worked with that has been like Novus. I would call them every time now when we need a windshield replaced. klzradio.com forward slash glass. Your teenager is your biggest financial risk. You buy reliable auto insurance in part to protect yourself from financial loss in case you get in a wreck with large repair expenses for your own vehicle. But you also buy reliable auto insurance to protect yourself from lawsuits. Now, you might not think you make enough money to be at risk of getting sued, but you do have a teenager who drives your car. Let's pose a little scenario that we heard from a real KLZ listener. Your granddaughter is driving your car and gets in a major wreck. You do have auto insurance, but it's not enough coverage. You only have the state minimums. So the other person's insurance company comes after you personally for everything they can get. For years afterward, part of your paycheck goes towards paying someone else's bills. With the right coverage, this could have been avoided. Get the auto coverage you need from Paul Lewinberger of American National Insurance. Call 303-662-0789. 303-662-0789. Happy customers lead to a successful business. From the beginning, Absolute Electrical Heating and Air has had one defining goal, happy customers. Owner and founder of Absolute, Lewis, had been known to personally drive to a job site to solve a customer's electrical issue. As a master electrician himself, Lewis wanted to make sure every job was done right. But in order to become the number one home services provider in the Denver metro area, Lewis couldn't keep handling every job himself. He needed a team of technicians he could trust to serve customers with the same level of care that he would provide. Over time, Lewis and his leadership team developed a thorough vetting process unique to the industry to find technicians with both technical aptitude and the customer service skills that set Absolute apart. Now, Lewis knows he'll have happy customers because he trusts all of his technicians to stand by their promise. From call to care, we'll be there. 720-526-0231. 
For quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. Say hello to the staff from Absolute Electrical Heating and Air during the Denver Home Show at the Colorado Convention Center. This is Greg Bloom with Barber's Foods. Hey, one of the questions I get asked most often is, Greg, how do I get a restaurant-quality steak at home? Now, I do wish, sincerely, that each of you would buy your steaks from Barber's Foods at barbersfoods.com as we do sell some great quality Colorado-raised Angus steaks. But if you're going to shop at a retail store, to start with, never buy your steaks from the full-service meat counter because for a steak to be worth eating, it needs to be wet-aged or dry-aged for at least 14 to 21 days, just like they do at a restaurant. Now, steaks cut and displayed in a full-service meat case, they're not aged. And that's because retailers need shelf life. So they've been removed from their vacuum-sealed package and put out there for display. To know how to find a great restaurant-quality steak anywhere you go at any retail store, go to barbersfoods.com and click on the Videos tab to see a short video I made for you of what to look for when you buy steaks. Again, it's barbersfoods.com. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560, and a lot of great listeners coming by. I appreciate putting faces with voices and phone numbers and all of that, so I appreciate it very much. Thanks all for coming by. Again, we're live at the Sons of Italy Car Show, 32nd and Harlan. Stop by, say hi. If you're out in this area, a lot of good food, fun, everything's here. You name it, stop by. And it's not just Italian cars. It's really every flavor that you can imagine. Eric is up next. Eric, welcome. How are you? Hey, how's it going, you guys? Great show. Um, Thank you. I want, I want to chime in on the myth thing. Yes. The myth is that burning uh, unleaded fuel, uh, I mean ethanol, actually pollutes less. And that's not true because in order to make the ethanol, uh, eth- yes. ethanol is alcohol and gasoline. And all you have to do is heat up a bunch of cellulose to make the alcohol, right? Right. So, so you have to burn something to heat to heat the vat. That's right. And with, and when you burn the something, the net result is more pollution. So that's the myth. You are a thousand percent correct, Eric. There is no savings whatsoever. That that by the way, that myth and not picking on guys, but I'm just going to, you guys know me, I don't, I don't pull any punches, I'll just tell you like it is. That myth has been perpetuated by the corn lobbyists for a gazillion years. The only reason why they keep pushing it is so they can grow corn and sell it back to the government, which is, a, or get the subsidies, basically, which you and I are paying for, and you are a thousand percent correct. There is no net savings when it's all said and done. None. Right. That is a great big fat lie. Because, yep, it uh, is. <laughs> I've seen a couple of documentaries about that. And the world would be better off just burning straight gasoline. We would be. Yep. You are correct. The amount of water, uh, you know, the amount of, of effort that it takes, that's why they have to put an ethanol plant close to the fields even, because by the time you pay the, the trucking costs and the amount of diesel fuel that's going into everything it takes to actually, you know, you know raise the corn, harvest the corn, get it to market, and then do everything right. you just talked about, yeah, we'd be better off just sucking it out of the ground, putting it in a refinery, and being done with it. Yeah, that is one of the biggest, I think it's maybe in the top three or the top five myths about cars of all time. Is that, uh, I think you are correct. I didn't have and, it on, uh, my, on my notes, so I'm glad you said that because you are correct. Yeah, and then uh, the other one real quick is that uh, 
premium has more power than regular. They actually have the same amount of power, but premium is less volatile. So you get less yes. duds and less premature ignition and all that kind yes. of stuff. Yeah, yeah, the octane, it makes the cool. I know this is a really simplistic explanation here, but the higher octane makes the cool fu- makes the fuel cooler, quote unquote, which Uh-oh. then does what you just talked about, Eric. So yeah, and that's where folks don't realize too that you know uh, ethanol is a even cooler fuel. So that's where you know alcohol, ethanol is basically alcohol. Uh, that's a cooler <laughs> fuel once again, and then you get into things like methanol and nitromethane and so on. It even drops down farther. That's why nitromethane, by the way, will not will not ignite on its own. You have to start the engine on alcohol, switch over to to the nitromethane because it will not start on nitromethane alone because it's too it's too cool of a fuel. Right. Yeah. That's an easy I explanation. I know there's a lot more. Please, everybody out there, don't send me 500 emails on the technical side of that because I understand that. I'm just trying to do it in the most layman's terms I can. Yeah. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, I just wanted to chime in on that uh, ethanol thing because it's just it's just ridiculous. Um, it is. You're correct. Yeah. Well, okay. and, and not to you know not to get super politicized here, Eric, but you know that that conversation can even dovetail into you know that's why solar. It is not as efficient as everybody said. It's also right. why wind power is not as efficient as everybody says. A, there's time spans on both of those two particular products as well. And, again, by the time you get them made up, running, functioning, the rare earth metals that have gone into the solar side, the amount of petroleum that it even takes to make the windmills and then get them assembled and up in the air with the cranes and the helicopters and so on, there is no savings when it's all said and done. They are, in fact, not greener, despite what everybody says. Right. The technology is not there. Solar it is panels, not. Solar panels just barely trickle nope. milliamps. I mean, no, my, my, my prediction, and I, I've, I've read some things on this even in the past few weeks. I had even a caller talk about this. The new fusion technology that is now starting to get you know better and better as we go, you know, small nuclear fusion and what's going to happen there, uh, honestly, that, that fusion end of things, Eric, I think is a lot more where the future is headed and will supplant anything we're doing with wind and solar. But we have to get politicians and others behind that and stop dinking around with, honestly, at this point, outdated technology. Yep. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So solar panels uh, are, are now someday in the future, they might figure something out, but they trickle tiny, not, tiny yeah, not at the moment. of electricity. You got right. it. You got it. They are outdated at this point already. And In fact, uh, they're already talking about just along these lines. There's an article that producer Ann sent me this week where over in Europe, they're already starting to limit when you can charge your EV vehicle because if too many of them go online at the same time, it will actually hurt their grid because they don't have enough capacity to handle what I just said. And again, in a lot of cases, they've switched over to some of the products we're talking about right now and have gotten away from nuclear or coal or, or even gas-fired plants. And in turn, Eric, that's what they're, that's what they're going to have. We, we can't do what even, you know, this is an automotive you know, show, so it's an automotive you know, answer here. We can't do what a lot of the folks out there want to do when it comes to automotive and going EV. We don't have the power grid in the world, nonetheless, the U.S., to do that. Yeah, it would. They would have to overhaul. Like they'd have to put uh, electric stations where all the gas stations are. You know. <laughs> Correct. And even then, we don't have the grid to support that. Doesn't exist. Well, right. I'll tell you, uh, John. I'll, I'll tell you. I was when I was on the trip here the other day. I stopped in Craig, Colorado, and the guy was charging up his his uh, Tesla, 
they had about four or five pedestals there to charge it up. And while I was buying gas for my pickup, this guy's walking across the lot. And I said, how are you doing with that car? And he says, well, so far it's taken me four days to get this far from California. So, you know, this isn't a... No. I mean, good gosh, I don't know how you drive across the country. In one well, of it, it makes it very difficult. It, it's, yeah. it's not as easy as everybody thinks. Yeah. yeah. Okay, you guys. Well, Good stuff. No, Garrett, great call, by the way. I appreciate that very much, and he is spot on. Uh, John, you're next. Welcome to the program. What's going on, John? Yeah, hi. How are you doing today? Good, sir. How's the car show? Doing good? It's great, actually. Good. It's been a great day. Lots of good people yeah. here, and uh, the weather is absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, can't, can't, can't ask for a better day. That guy with the Dodge Dakota, he called you mm-hmm. a few minutes ago. Yes, sir. Did he tell you it makes that noise when he's driving it or when he just starts it up and it's Just when it? he starts it. I don't think he's even gotten it driven yet. Well, it's, if it's a manual transmission, he might have a problem in the transmission. And he ought to just take it over to a good uh, transmission shop and let him take a look at it. Good point. Yep. And my favorite car that I always liked was the 78 Corvette. You remember There's that? a... Yeah, there's a what year is that silver one, Bill? Is it a think, is it a seventy seven? I, I, I think it's a seventy seven. I think it's a seventy seven. Yeah. There's one of those here today. Well, I had a shop for sixteen years and worked on cars and trucks, and I like that one because the front, the whole front cap comes up in the air, and you can get to the engine real easy. Mm-hmm. Just a great car to drive. They're like little Batmobiles. So <laughs> I, I highly, uh, I always liked the seventy eight. And nice. electric, electric cars are another thing. A, a friend of mine has one, and he's got two solar panels on his roof, and he charges his car up from the solar panels. And then, you know, if it's a bad weather day, he can just plug it in. Right. But uh, I think electric cars are good for local transportation. You know, if you're not going over 300 miles, 500 miles. But if you're going across country, you might just rent a car, you know, and drive that. Yeah, so, or make sure. Well, I've, I've always said, and... And I own one, so I feel like I can attest to this. Yeah. If you want have a, if you have an electric car today, and you're going to do anything like you just said, and rely on on getting other places outside of what the electric car does, yeah. you you need it. The, the electric car becomes a second or third car. Yep. And another great thing about electric cars, most does yours have a transmission? No, mine does not. See, they well, don't have it, the transmission. It does, to but with. not really. A lot of mine you just does. Put them in- the motor changes polarity when you put it in forward or reverse, you know, and that's why it goes one no, way. No, mine has motor. a transmission. All right, no, a lot mine, of them mine's, don't. Yeah, yeah. And also with an electric motor, you don't have to change the oil. You don't have to tune it up. You don't have filters. Nope. You don't have to deal with a cooling system. It, it's, it's yes, a lot you do, actually. actually. There is actually a cooling system on most electric vehicles, but it's not cooling an engine. It's cooling the batteries, and it still does need service, not as often as you would find. Right. Because it doesn't have the same contaminants that you'll have in a regular, you know, petroleum-based engine. But mine, mine still will have to be serviced, you know, on, on you know, on time. Right. Uh, I'm, you're cooling the batteries is what you're doing. And electric motors are much more efficient. You know, a one-horsepower oh, yes. electric motor is equal to a ten-horsepower gas motor. Mm-hmm. Yep. The ratio there. So I yep. think in the future, I, I hope electric cars improve and the batteries and. I just think it's better. It's, the battery is the, definitely the area that yeah. they're going to have to improve on. The, the battery uh-huh. is, is one of those areas that right now uh, we're still behind in, John, as you know. Well, transportation, it's always been one of those things, you know, to, to deal with, and people are trying. So. Yeah, the, yeah the, thing that I, the thing that I'm a fan of is, and, and, John, I'll let you go, but where I'm at with this, guys, is I don't want forced 
technology. I want free market technology and what buyers are willing to spend money on and what makes sense and what will move us forward. Anytime the government tries to force something, it typically does not work. Just like the solar that we used to have on houses that ran hot water back in the day that was absolutely the dumbest idea ever. It didn't work. It was junk. The majority of those were, if not all of them, were abandoned shortly thereafter. It just did not work. And there's another program the government pushed back in the day that just did not work. James, hang tight. We'll come right back to you. And I think we got another caller on the phone, Wayne, as well. Wayne, hang tight, guys. We'll be right back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Most oil changes are the same. Old oil out, new filter, new oil in. It's a routine, a chore on the to-do list. What if your oil change wasn't the same as the rest? What if it was life-changing? BG. A BG oil change can change your life because it comes with free lifetime protection for your engine and fuel system, which means a lifetime of peace of mind for you. Find a shop near you at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. BG. No one likes to be that person. You know the one, stuck on the side of the road, busted tire, making everyone slow down to get around them. With Legacy Automotive's new tire sales, you don't have to be that person, ever. Here in our Colorado climate, you might be closer to needing new tires than you think. A bad set of tires can be dangerous and even life-threatening. Tires should be regularly examined for cracks, bulges and blisters, and other signs of wear and tear on your vehicle. The skilled team at Legacy Automotive in Boulder will be able to examine your current set of tires, let you know what they recommend based on what they find, and help you get on the road. Legacy Automotive is a Napa Gold Certified Auto Care Shop and employs ASC Certified Technicians. So don't be that guy, and make an appointment at Legacy Automotive today at 303-396-0555, or visit them online at LegacyAutomotive.com. Legacy Automotive, locally grown auto repair. Hunting down that hard-to-find part for an out-of-the-ordinary car can be quite a time-consuming chore. Unless, of course, you just go around the corner to your local Napa Auto Parts store, where we have over 310,000 parts, all of them made to fit and perform just like the original. Yeah, there are people who say it's the journey and not the destination, but those people have never tried to find an alternator for an 82 Fiat on a Saturday. Go to NapaOnline.com for the location nearest you. Napa, get the good stuff. And we are back, Sons of Italy Car Show, and we are at 32nd in Harlan. In Harlan. <laughs> I got it. I got it. I got it. It's 5925 West 32nd. There you go. So that's Jeff Kitty talking, and my Uncle Bill's with me as well. we got another segment this hour, then one hour left. And, man, the day has just literally flown by. Uh, James is next. James, welcome to Drive Radio. How are you? Fine. How are you doing today? Good, sir. Uh, I have a question about your gas on a like a... 2000 Honda, should you be using 85 gas on that or a higher octane rating? If it's not a turbo engine vehicle, just standard fuel would work fine. And the 85, not 87? You would not need 87, no. Okay, and now I have an ethanol question. I have an old car, mm-hmm. and I put uh, gas in it. Are the lead additives any good to put in that? You don't need to. Yeah. We talked about that earlier. That's, a, that's yeah. one of those myths that we... You know, sort of uh, talked about earlier. Um, you you just don't you don't need you don't need the the, the lead additives. It, it, it was a myth. 
the, uh, the engines, you know, while it helped with some lubricity and things like that with valve and valve train and, and, and some things along those lines, uh, James, as far as the valve seats and things go, it's unnecessary. You don't need it. If I have a bottle of it that I've had in the car, can I put it in anyway? Sure, you could, you could burn it up. It's not going to hurt anything, but you don't need it. And then can it's I not necessary. Is the, ethanol, is the ethanol free gas better for the older cars? Because here in the spring, no. you can buy it without ethanol. You, if no. you can find it, fine. I would not go out of my way to buy it. Typically, it's a little bit less money if you can find it. But, again, I would not drive out of my way to find it. If it's close and it's convenient, no. sure, go for it. But if you're driving out of your way, and no, that, don't worry about it. But it's better to put that in. And how about like if you can find it, yes. Chevy? Is that better in an older pickup trucks, too, to put that it, Again, if, if you can find it, yes. If not, the, the 10% ethanol is not a problem. That's another one of those myths, then, by the way. Can I ask you one other question? On an old car, if it, I had to take the battery out, and I left the car running, and it runs without the battery, right? Yeah. Uh, should. Yeah, it, yeah, 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 it, it should yeah, for a yeah, little it, bit. Yeah, it kept running. It, yeah. Well, it kept running without the battery. So, so I was just wondering... Um, um, well, I guess I, I don't have a thought on that. Does that mean it's, it's hard on when you do that? Properly? It's just hard on the alternator. Those older cars would do yeah. that, but you're putting extra stress on the alternator. You don't need to. That's where yeah. the battery, you know, comes into play. Now, does the alternator actually help recharge the batteries after the voltage? The, um, it maintains the battery. They don't necessarily recharge it, but they maintain it. It's a better way okay, to say they it. Maintain it. Okay. Especially on an alternator. Okay, a well, generator would actually charge a battery, but an alternator is more of a maintenance than it is a charger. But they do have generators in them, the old car, right? The, Some the do. A lot of those have been generator. converted, though. There's there's very, very few cars left running around with generators. Very few. Okay. Well, this is this is a 51. <laughs> So Has I it been converted? Because, again, even, even back in the day, a lot of those guys, even in the 60s, started converting generators around alternators in that day just because of how much more efficient a gener- you know, an alternator was versus a generator. Right, right. And if it does have So a lot of those were converted back you, then. If the battery's good and you have trouble starting, you should look at the alternator first? Uh, No. 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 The alternator is just there to maintain the voltage in the battery. So if the car is not starting properly, you either have a issue with the starting system itself or the battery and the cranking amp, something along those lines. You just, alternator or has nothing to do with starting the car. Maybe something in the ignition or something like that. No. Maybe, but if it's if the starter is energizing and it's not starting, you know, and there's always the question I always used to ask when I was servicing vehicles and talking to customers and so on is is it not cranking or is it not starting there's two different things there not starting is different than not cranking right well some of the times you just get the click even with the new then, battery and that's a you starting know, issue and that could be in the it, it could be in the ignition starter. switch could be in the solenoid could be in the starter could be the battery could be the wires going down from the battery to the starter you got to look at the whole system there yep but I have to find an older person that knows how to work on that kind of thing, right? Not necessarily. <laughs> that that system's pretty simple. That's easy. Yeah. That's a pretty ordinary okay. deal. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing major there. I, I got one other thing. I got a 20 year old sure. roof that Dave did for me, and okay. it's beautiful. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Love to hear that. that. Yeah. That's awesome, James. Thank you very much for that. I know Dave appreciates that as well. Dave Hart, I think he's standing over here too, so yes, talking to somebody. But uh, yeah, that's a great testimonial. Wayne is next. Wayne, what's going on? 
Hey, John, um, and hi, Jeff. Let's talk to you two, two times in a row. That's pretty good. That's nice. all right. We'll take it. Uh, you I wanted to say it. hi to your uncle, too, John. Uh, you, I, I wanted to get on when your dad was on last week, but I didn't make it. Um, yeah, that's okay. He's out. He's out. I don't know what he's doing today. Yard work or something. Yard work. <laughs> okay, that's what I've been doing. Um, I, on this 95, uh, I'm going to change all the fluid boxes on it. And some of these people are telling me, go ahead and put synthetic in it. Should I mix? I mean, if I if I just drain the differentials and the transfer case and whatever, should I put just, uh, can I put synthetic back in it or just go ahead and put the regular oil back in? Are they, is it a standard or automatic? No, it's automatic. Uh, the transmission now, that was going to be my next question, but I was just wondering about uh, the oils in the uh, differentials and also it takes Dextron in that transfer case. So I was wondering if I should, if I just drain them, if I should put synthetic in there or go ahead and put the regular uh, Dextron 3 back in. No, you can, you can use the Dex 6 in there okay. on the, as far as the transfer case goes. Uh, as far as the front and rear differential, I'd use synthetic. Okay, that's uh-huh. what I was wondering. Uh, how about on the tranny? If I just drain it and I don't flush it, and I, you know, of course I have the other fluid left in there, should I go, just stick with the Dextron three? You could. I would. You know, if you're if you're doing it on a regular basis, the synthetic will mix with the Dextron three. And if it was me, I'd probably start leaning towards going to the deck six on that okay. it's not going to hurt anything all righty i had a myth too uh, i wanted to bring up here i know you're short on time uh, go ahead the myth back in my day was that they were telling the mustang owners and roadrunner owners that they would beat any cavell on the road <laughs> and that i think they had a little problem there um also, they told them that Fox and Martin out there at Dutch Creek was going to beat everybody when they come out there, and they didn't make that either. That's good. Yeah, those are myths for sure, Wayne. Good one. Good one, by the way. I, I Thanks, Wayne. Love you, man. Very vividly. That's good. Thank you, John. Yeah, I appreciate it. No, good stuff. Let's see if I can squeeze Jeff in really quick. Uh, Jeff, if I can't get all your question answered, I'll hold you over till the top of the hour, but let's see what we can get going to begin with. What's going on, Jeff? Uh, well, my first comment was going to be that uh, here in Montana, uh, the ARPA has uh, put a whole bunch of uh, money towards electric charging stations. Now, the, mm. the, the state only has 2,500 electric vehicles. And I can't remember the dollar amount that ARPA did, but it works out to $43,000 a vehicle. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Charging station. <laughs> and, Just and ridiculous. Like 95- <laughs> 95 to 98% of people charge their vehicles at home because they don't go across right. the country or even across state. Right. So That's correct. So, you know, it's yeah. not really a myth, but it's part of, I guess, the, the misunderstanding you were talking about with ethanol before. Right. And, and, well, uh, and, and let's face it, Jeff, and I'm, again, not, I try to not be political on this show, but this is one of those things right. that does affect all of us when it comes to driving. There is so much brainwashing and misinformation that goes on with EV vehicles and what is technically green versus what is not. There's just a ton 
of, of lies. I'm just going to say it flat out. There's a ton of lies when it comes to what's green and what's not. And the reality is a green vehicle is not green. If you look at what it takes to get the vehicle charged, everything you just mentioned a moment ago, the infrastructure that has to go in and so on, the reality is at the end of the day, it's not a green vehicle. Now, with all that being said, are they a blast to drive and do they serve a purpose? And is it something that you know, certain sections of the marketplace will probably adopt? You know, absolutely. But I will also tell you that if it's forced upon people, they, they have a tough road ahead of them. Okay, yep, I agree. They have, they have a place, they have a use, but they're not a panacea. Um, you got it. I do have exactly. a question about ethanol-free gasoline, too. Up here, with all the boats we have on Flathead Lake, you know, service stations do a lot of 91-octane ethanol-free for the boats. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we can get it, get it pretty easily up here, but I've been putting it in my lawn tractor and my four-wheeler sure. and everything. Yeah. Might as well, uh, sure. Is that, I mean, is that overkill? I, I didn't, no. no. I mean, if you, if, yeah. Again, if you can get it and it's convenient, use it. But I would not drive out of my way to make that happen. Yeah, I was thinking more from an expense point because it, ethanol-free is more expensive than, than uh, 91 octane with ethanol. So um, I was just kind of looking at it from that standpoint. Is, is, would that be a wash or not? I guess if it has more energy, it probably is. Here. Your small engine manufacturers recommend ethanol-free. Right. But okay. as somebody that uses a lot of small engines, well, it's I'm not an issue. That... They will tell you to do that, but yeah. it's not an issue. Again, if it's okay. convenient and you can get to it easily, do so. If it's not, I wouldn't drive out of my way to make it happen. Great. And uh, I guess the only myth I could think of is uh, the one about women drivers, but I'm not going to go there. <laughs> yeah, we, we won't touch that one. Thank you, Jeff. You Appreciate it very much. Yeah, we will not go there. Thank sure. you very much for that. Appreciate it. All right, let's do this. JR, hang tight. We're going to take a quick break and come back. And as you can hear in the background, the national anthem is playing. So we're trying to be a little bit more quiet here. I've turned our sound system off to be respectful of that because that uh, is a very important thing. At least I know it is for us as a program and all the folks that are here as well. And, again, we're at the Sons of Italy Car Show, and we're at 32nd in Harlan. We're right in between Sheridan and Wadsworth on Harlan. If you get out this way, please stop by, say hi. Yep. It's a great show, great event, great people that are already here. And give us a call. We'll get you right on air, 303-477-5600. Hang tight. We'll come right back right after the news. JR, hang tight. We'll take you first. Don't go anywhere. Again, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Still haven't had enough? Go to drive-radio.com. Email your questions and comments. Download previous programs and find lots of useful information, including your nearest Colorado Select Auto Care Center. That's drive-radio.com. Thanks for listening to Drive Radio, sponsored by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers on KLZ 560.